welcome to Smart Bus Social Minds podcast. It is Monday the 21st of December and this is episode 20. I have a great guest with me today. His name is Ash Kabanda of The Flex Coach. He is a super, super interesting guy. Um, we're going to be talking about podcasting, confidence, product innovation and all things to do with entrepreneurship. This is a great episode. Um, please leave a comment if you found value in this episode. Let me know how you're enjoying the podcast and I hope you enjoy the content. Welcome to Smart Bus Social Minds Podcast. This is episode 20. I have a great guest with me here today. His name is Ash Kabanda, and he is the founder of hugely successful podcast, The Flex, Flex Coach, and also part founder of IT product company, Aeros. So thank you so much, Ash, for joining me on the podcast today. How's everything with you? Thank you for having me on, and everything's beautiful. Um, just got done with my finals, so I have... A little bit more room to work on the other things that I have going on but you know not complaining. Oh I bet that feels nice uh, you know all the pressures off so you can give yourself a little bit more time that's great and um, so I just want to kind of dive straight in and ask you a little bit about kind of your background how you got started with your podcast and also kind of, you know, uh, journey that into um, the work that you're doing with your kind of newly um, launched product. Um, yeah. So just just a little bit about your background and kind of how you got started. Sure. So um, for context, I moved to the United States when I was 12. And um, when I when I came here, I didn't really have friends. I didn't really have a social life. So my initial outlet was gaming. And I would play video games and then that turned into me making videos for YouTube. And um, I'd say that was my first sort of entrepreneurial experience where at 13, 14, I was making videos, making money off of the ad revenue, uh, charging people to edit their videos and kind of just creating an ecosystem where, you know, building a team and doing all sorts of things. And so that was kind of the initial start for me when I recognized um you know, in retrospect, it makes sense when you when you look at it, you kind of understand that, oh, that was entrepreneurship. That, those were the early stages. But at the moment, I was just doing what I enjoyed doing and um, progressing from there. At 17, I started a clothing brand. And, uh, you know, when you're 17, you, you know, you've hit puberty a few years ago and and you want to hang out with girls more than you want to work on your business. So that's kind of what happened with me. I my priorities weren't in the right place. And um even though I had something going on, I wasn't giving it uh, the full attention that it deserved and needed. And moving on from that, I've done, I mean, I've always been doing something or the other with, um, with, uh, with maintaining sort of course on the normal path in, in terms of schooling and stuff like that. So that leads me to now where I started a podcast last year when I was 22. And um, the primary sort of reason was that I had a few years where I felt I wasn't maximizing my potential I was focusing on the wrong things and I have always been introverted and shy and kind of reserved and um, never felt comfortable having conversations with people or having my voice or face on the internet so I figured the best way to get out of that is start a podcast and have conversations every day and 
that's kind of how it started. And with Eros, um, as me and my co-founder, my, my good friend, Dennis, we saw an opportunity in this space. And um, with the time and the resources uh, available to us, we felt that it would be wise to sort of capitalize on it and build on it. So that's kind of, um, I, hope, I hope that was a good enough little summary. Yeah, absolutely. And um, so we'll go back to the podcast because I'm, you know, super, super interested in finding out a little bit more about that. But could you just kind of, um, for anyone's listening who's interested in, in you know, your product, Aero, as you talk, you know, that you kind of touched on, could you um, kind of explain a little bit more about what it is? Because um, obviously I know because I've purchased um, from you um, because of the, you know, I believe in your, what you're doing and, and fully support, you know, where you're going with, with everything. Um, yeah, you. so just kind of go into um, what it's about, really. So Eros is a device that goes on the back of your phone that allows you to share your contact info, your socials and everything uh, by just tapping. And um, to break it down, it's basically an NFC device that has been packaged in a way that makes it look like somewhat of a accessory. Um, You know, NFC by itself has been around for several years, but packaging it in this way and presenting it like uh, the, the, the analogy that I use often is comparing it to a pop socket. So we're kind of trying to break into that market in terms of making it an accessory that people want to have on their phone. And, um, you know, it's really interesting because it allows you to maximize the in-person face-to-face conversation instead of looking at your phone and, and, and that delay in, in exchanging information is eliminated. You've already exchanged the information. So now you can actually look at the person and speak to them about whatever it is that you want to talk about. And it's, it's, it's a really good tool for entrepreneurs, photographers, uh, people that are in networking. And, um, you know, we plan on doing uh, a lot more with this as, as time progresses. And like I said, now I have a little bit more time and, and, and less pressure. So We've got we've got more coming, but um, I appreciate you supporting it, and um, I can't wait for you to try it. Yeah, I can't wait to to try it. And it's a shame I don't have it here because I can kind of show how it works and stuff. Um, but um, what what I wanted to say about it is that like when I first saw it, I thought it was absolutely genius. I couldn't actually believe that it was your company because obviously I had met you through the podcast and through Instagram. I didn't really know about your product, um, mm. so I was kind of blown away when I first kind of heard about it and knew what it was. Um, could you could just kind of you know, tell me a little bit more about how how that came about. And um, was it like a gap in the market that you saw? Was it an epiphany that you had one day because of maybe communicating and seeing that there was a need for something like this? Did you kind of know about the technology involved? Like how, how did you get started with it? So this is a really good question. And um, not to take too much credit away from what we built, but this product existed. And um, we saw that you know, it was kind of the awareness and seeing it a little bit early and identifying that this is something that could be widely popular and with, with all the uses that it has in, in um, the applications. So it's kind of just identifying the existence of it and then um, putting our own little twist to it, marketing it, in, it marketing it in a certain way. And, um, you know, we have a lot more to do. Uh, the next product that we're working on is something that doesn't currently exist. And it's kind of a variation off of the thing that does exist. So that's kind of where we're headed in terms of uh, the legal and sort of trademarking side of things. It's very interesting to explore those territories with something that you're creating brand new. Um, you obviously want to protect it to a certain extent to avoid people from you know, replicating it as easily. So 
that's kind of where we're headed. Um, but yeah, this was just an opportunity that we saw. And, you know, this is something that I really believe is going to be at the level of the pop socket with, with how popular that has become. And, and it's available every at every store that I go to. I see a, a section with pop socket. So that's kind of the vision I have for it. Um, and yeah, it's just, um, again, just an opportunity. Definitely a, a useful product and one that I recommend for everybody. Um, so, you know, you talked about, you know, having all these business ideas and, and starting gaming, um, moving over to United States at a young age, not knowing anyone and kind of, you know, having, you know, the, the intuition to, to get online and see the early opportunity at such a young age. And, you know, essentially having an, your own function in business at such a young age. So um, is, does that stem from kind of your background? Were you from an entrepreneurial background? Were your parents kind of, were they business owners or was it something inbuilt within you? I mean, what kind of, you know, influenced you to kind of go in that direction? I think um, in terms of the background, you know, my parents have always done certain things their own way. And I grew up. I, um, even though I had some of the entrepreneurial pursuits, they weren't necessarily successful in them. So my experience was in the awareness that you can do something that isn't considered normal or strays away from the normal path. But I didn't really get that level of understanding or framework in terms of how do you do it successfully. Um, I got it from my mother. Obviously, I want to give her all the credit. But you know, she's the only one that really went out, worked hard and made something of herself and, and provided me a, a springboard to basically allowing me to do whatever I want. And, you know, it, it's interesting because from the outside looking in, um, a lot of people can be quick to judge and, and give, um, give a little bit too much credit to the foundation. But in reality, regardless of the foundation, I think it's really up to the person you know it, it doesn't matter what background or wh where we come from um when we have the internet so i think uh with the internet everyone has parents or mentors that have built something that they can learn from so i kind of um to to summarize or to put it in somewhat of a more concise manner i'd say definitely my mother played a huge role in giving me that level of confidence to be able to go out and and do something and try something and and see how things go absolutely wow um so your podcast is quite successful um you know you interview some really high profile um individuals some great guests um so i mean i just want to know from a selfish standpoint um how do you manage to kind of reach out and, and get all these amazing guests on your podcast so this is actually a question that i get asked pretty often and um <laughs> I've made an episode on this. Um, I, I believe it's titled How to Approach Successful People, but I, I'll, I'll reiterate it for your audience. Um, basically, it's a numbers game. So you kind of have to, uh, in my opinion, and this is what I do, I built a catalog first before I started reaching out. I had you know, a lot of episodes, a lot of content. I got comfortable doing this. And then I realized that a lot of people want to share their journey. They want to share their story. People like to feel important. They want to talk, right? And just identifying that and then approaching them in an authentic manner with an authentic product that they can see. A lot of people that accept my invite 
say they looked at my Instagram, they looked at all the other guests I had on, they looked at what I had built and then decided to accept the invite. But where a lot of people get it confused is they, they just shoot their shot without structuring it in a way that provides or shows the other person value. There has to be value for the other person. Maybe they want to tap into your audience and promote something. Maybe they see that you're up and coming and you're building something really cool and they want to be one of the early people on just to establish somewhat of a relationship. And honestly, just reaching out through the DMs is the best way, in my opinion. I think the DMs are more for networking than people realize. Um, it's not just about hitting on girls or hitting on guys or whatever. And it's, it's, it's really a networking tool if you use it wisely. And that's what we see with LinkedIn. LinkedIn's kind of turning into that. You know, you have a lot of people messaging you every day and oh, yeah. identify that it's, it's basically an attention game. So I'd say DMing, um, having a product, having an image that shows authenticity, that shows value, that doesn't have a bunch of fluff, that doesn't have a bunch of, um, I don't want to say BS because everyone has their way of doing things and I respect that, but it, at a certain level, some of these high profile people can identify what's really authentic and what's not so that really helps and um yeah i mean to be honest like i never really started out um trying to get the biggest guests or you know that's not the game that i play is um go from a guest to guest to guest and um it's primarily because i enjoy this the way that i started super simple and just have a conversation it's kind of therapeutic for me as well to some degree so I, I, I don't know if that answers uh, the question. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, you know, you, you talked about, you know, when you reach out to these people, essentially they, you know, check out your profile before making a decision. You've put some value, um, you know, before them. Um, so obviously when they're making these decisions, do you think that having a good enough social media profile is, is quite important? And, and how important do you think social media is um for a business owner and someone who's um up and coming and for a business in general general i think it's really important for sure um again it's kind of like an ascension game wherever people are you want to have a presence um this is why i respect podcasting because this is growing at a rapid rate and people that are you know while we we may think that we're not as early as we'd like to be but we're really fairly early in this game and the, the quicker you build something in this space, the better it is for your business in the future. A lot of the sales, a lot of the, the revenue that I generate, my other business generates, is primarily due to the value that I've put out, the content that I've put out. And, you know, I've been putting it out selflessly because that, that's, again, what I'm about, providing value in a way that I can. And, um, you know, social media is becoming, we're kind of, in my opinion, we're going through a phase where, people are now clearing the clutter because there's so much that they don't want to follow five or 10 different pages that post similar stuff. And they're cutting out, they're leaning out what they consume because we live again in a time where there's so much. And so how do you separate yourself in, 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 in the noise or within the noise? You again, maintain your authenticity and you provide your perspective in an original manner. That's what that's what people resonate towards, or, or excuse me, that's what people gravitate towards. They want to hear your perspective. They don't necessarily want advice from you um, if you're around their age or if you're closer to their age or if you're younger than them. So that's something that I've had an awareness about is um, instead of sitting down and 
you know, consuming content from 10 different sources and then making a video about it, I just share my perspective and I keep it very raw, authentic, organic. This is the entire experience. You know, this is how I sound. This is how I look. I, I stumble on my words. I'm still not fully comfortable speaking. So, and when you just lay it all out there, there's something that someone gravitates towards and that's why they choose to support you. So in my opinion, that's the best way to kind of maintain originality in a way or to some degree. And um, yeah, I mean, social super important. I think podcasting super important as well. Absolutely. Um, I totally agree with you because um, me, myself, I tend to kind of respect people if, you know, they have vulnerabilities and they're being themselves online. And I'm sure you're the same way. Um, so kind of, you know, we talked about your 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 podcast and you know um your product i just want to kind of go back to that actually um so so with your product what do you think is you know important with the product when you decided to kind of launch this product you know with your partner what was like the number one focus what was the thing that you were thinking most about was it kind of like developing the actual technology of it was it you know um building up the social media you know the marketing side of things was it you know um I don't know the innovation of the product was it kind of connecting with the right people to kind of mm. you know make a product which was really niche to a certain audience or was it being generalized like what was the number one thing that you were focused on when you had you know the idea in mind I think the primary thing that I personally focus on and, and me and my co-founder kind of have different outlooks towards this, but my primary priority was to provide customers or people with a high quality product at, a, at an efficient price point because the other products that are similar that exist, you know, we, 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 we see that people get away with charging a lot more than, and then it, what it does is it creates a market that operates at a certain price level but we, we, our goal, my goal was to disrupt that because we can provide the same thing at a lower price point, have the same experience. And I want to get this to as many people as, as possible. You know, I don't want to isolate people because they can't afford or they don't want to spend 20 bucks on an accessory. So that was kind of my primary thing is how to provide something high quality and valuable to people at, a, at an efficient price point. And then obviously the other things that you mentioned are um, things that we think about in terms of innovation. That's what we're doing now. We're working on the next iteration of this product, making it a little bit more efficient. And it, all, it also has somewhat of a nonprofit uh, component to it. So the next product is directly going to impact the world in a, in a positive manner. And I personally wanted to do that because it's not just about money to me. It's not just about getting the most amount of money so I could flex on the internet or so I could have the nicest things. Like, I really want to see how I can make an impact or make a positive impact in, in people's lives, however small or big it may be. Um, so I, I try to incorporate those things within anything that I do. It's, it's kind of part of my core philosophy to, to provide value and help people. And that's kind of how I'm looking at, at everything. So the product included. Absolutely. I, I, you know, totally agree that you know from a business standpoint um we should always be looking at the long-term kind of roi rather than you know the the thing that comes like immediately uh, which in most people cases most people's cases they're looking for the kind of monetary value which is always you're always going to fizz out if that's the the number one thing that you're looking for so i totally align with what you're saying um when you were building the product um 
or even essentially, you know, creating your podcast, I'm sure that you've come, you, you've kind of overcome so many obstacles and you've come um, to, to places, you know, when you were building these things that mm. you felt like it was a struggle or whatever, you know, what are the things that you learned um, going through the processes of reaching out to people for your podcast or, you know, building your product and kind of, you know, expressing that in a way that anyone listening who might be going through the same thing could draw value from? So um, I was fortunate enough to have one of the, uh, I was fortunate enough to take one of my biggest L's when I was 14 uh, with the YouTube channel. I was building something. I had a YouTube partnership. Uh, money was coming in. I saw that this could actually become a career. And, you know, this was early on when before a lot of people started streaming video games on Twitch or making YouTube videos and becoming content creators. And um, I was sitting on a gold mine essentially with the amount of views and money that was coming in. The biggest mistake that I made at that time was trusting someone that I didn't know personally. And I, I was building a team. Again, I, I kind of mentioned I started doing that because I didn't really have real life friends as I moved here. Um, I trusted people online. So I built a community and I trusted some of my team members that, you know, with, with, with sensitive information. And um, uh, before I knew it, someone deleted the channel. So that kind of eliminated the momentum that was being built. And to this day, I don't understand why I didn't reach out to YouTube and try to figure it out or fix it. You know, I was 14, 15. Yeah. I think it was about 14. Um, I remember it clearly when it happened, I was sitting passenger seat in, in my mom's car. We were about to go somewhere and I get a text from one of my other friends, virtual online friends that didn't really mean shit at the time. But um, I get a text that, hey, this person deleted the channel. And uh, I just remember feeling really sad about it and not acting on it. So going through that L, um, everything that I've done since then has been, you know, I've, 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 re I've reminded myself of what I went through and what I could have potentially had. You know, I could have, I could have been, air quotes, successful by now and, and had the life that I want. And um, I still do have the life that I want. And I, I uh, love it to, to, to an extent. But going through that really taught me a lot of lessons. So just kind of approaching whatever I do now with, with that understanding of um, that, you know, nothing's really permanent and you always obviously want to safeguard yourself. But I mean, I don't know how to, how to tie that in completely. Um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely a learning experience. Well, I'm, I'm so impressed that you had a team at 14 years old <laughs> and um, I'm guessing, you know, you didn't contact YouTube probably because you were, slightly in shock I'm guessing um yeah I'm sorry that happened to you do you feel like you've kind of gotten over it do you ever like beat yourself up and be like well you know if it had continued or do you think like it was meant to be and, and that's how it was and, and I'm glad I learned from it I think a combination of both um I still beat myself up for not reaching out to YouTube for not making an effort um first of all for not involving my mother and and, and sharing with her what happened and you know, seeing if she could take some steps to help me out. Um, I remember being on Zoom call or Skype calls with uh, the YouTube networking team that gives you the partnership if you get a certain amount of views per day and stuff like that. Um, and I remember those calls just being super shy and nervous. I mean, I started this podcast a year ago because I could barely have conversations with people. And this is at 13, 14. I'm, you know, I'm, I don't know what to say. So I didn't have the ability to take initiative, but I had somewhat of a entrepreneurial spirit and mindset and, and talent to an extent 
to capitalize and build attention and, and get views and make money. So I didn't have the other side of the equation that really allows you to navigate those waters in an efficient manner. Um, and in retrospect, you know, obviously it sucks that that happened, but what I'm building now and what I've built now is because of that, if I didn't have that experience, if I was just doing that, you know, who knows what, what would have happened, but I take a lot of elements from my, from my previous self and that I applied and I applied them to what I'm doing now. So it's, it's all good, you know? Oh, that's good to hear. Um, so you mentioned that, you know, you initially started a podcast, even though you, you know, had trouble kind of speaking with people in person, you, you, were, you know, insecure, or you're kind of shy and reserved. So what, what kind of influenced you to, to, take the plunge and start a podcast? Cause that would be like the last thing you would do if you were, you know, reserved and shy. Well, it was, um, I feel like I can word that a little bit better just to provide more context. I, it wasn't like I wasn't able to have conversations. Um, I was just naturally very introverted. So I preferred having conversations in comfortable settings, mm -hmm. not in uncomfortable settings. So obviously I could have conversations with people, you know, I would, I would, go out a lot and have fun and, and stuff like that. But when it became uncomfortable, let's say present, presenting in, in, in a classroom setting or maybe a job interview or an interview for an internship, you know, those instances out of my comfort zone, I would be very uncomfortable and not able to truly express how I was thinking and feeling. And um, with podcasting, I recognize that if I just start talking uh, when no one's listening, I can at least practice and I'm being held accountable by whoever decides to listen. So if people start tuning in, I have to constantly get better at how I say things, how I speak and, and just develop the skill further. And, you know, that momentum and that accountability from, from external sources compounds into having the ability to do it seamlessly, like flawlessly in a way. So not saying that I've reached that, but, you know, eventually probably so. Did you see it as um, it was something uncomfortable and you kind of knew that if you throw yourself into these uncomfortable things, then you, there's definitely going to be growth from that. 100%. Awesome. Um, so obviously, you know, we face struggles as entrepreneurs, um, but we continue every day to do the thing that we love the most because there's so many upsides to it. So what would you say um, are, you know, the biggest things that you love the most about, you know, whether it's your podcast or building a product um, and just, yeah, your every day-to-day -day life, comparing that to, you know, someone who's thinking about doing that, perhaps they're in a nine to five and they're, you know, slightly anxious about taking the plunge to kind of live out their dreams. Well, um, before I answer, I want to preface that I'm 23. So take whatever I say. Incredibly young, yep. Um, for me, I really am in love with just doing it. Like I, I get really happy and I look forward to my life and my day. I, I love looking at my calendar, seeing all the, all the calls or all the episodes and everything else that I have to do. And it doesn't feel like work. Studying for the finals, making sure I do extremely well is work it, that that I don't feel good can doing. I ask what you're studying because I, I I don't know what you're studying so what are you studying I'm studying I'm getting my master's uh in finance so wow that's amazing. kind of uh you know it takes a little bit of my time and luckily I'm in a position where I can structure it in a way that allows me to give my time to these ventures as well but um because again I, I don't have you know I guess I have the luxury to not have a sense of urgency to finish and uh 
start, you know, getting a job because I built something that allows me to have that freedom. And that's kind of what I want to tell people uh, that are listening that I, I, I recognized this at 13, that I had this within me before I knew what entrepreneurship was, before people on social media started pursuing it because it sounds cool or whatever. And, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't have anything to say about that, like nothing negative or positive about that. You know, we're human beings and we make decisions. But uh, for me, this is just something that I really enjoy and it comes naturally to me. Like I, I can naturally, I feel like I can do anything if I really sit down and put my mind to it. Um, obviously, there's hard work involved and that's a component that often gets overlooked when you see people traveling and, and sitting on a balcony with their laptop you don't really see the struggle. You don't really see how much work they actually put in to get to that point. And the glamour, glamorized version of entrepreneurship is extremely damaging because there's, there's two sides to that as well, because uh, one is it's damaging in the long term, but two, it really encourages people to start doing something and they could actually build something to a certain level. So, you know, it's very interesting. Um, Again, I, I don't know if I can really give advice on anything. Uh, I'm still going through my journey and learning, but from my perspective, if you tried, I mean, if you, if you tried to build something and it didn't work and you felt like doing something else, then maybe this isn't really for you. If you are willing to do it without expecting anything or without um, you know, getting fatigued or burnt out and, and, and feeling like you want to quit or feeling like it's, it's, a, it's a chore that you have to do, then maybe this is for you because it should be enjoyable. It, it, it's as, as enjoyable as possible. Fantastic. That's, um, you know, very sound advice. Um, so if people want to follow you, Ash, um, first of all, I just want to thank you so much for coming on the podcast and talking with me to here today. I mean, or that you are such a focus driven young man. And um, it's no doubt that you have a bright future ahead of you. So if people want to follow all the amazing stuff that you're doing, how can they best, um, you know, follow your journey and reach out to you? Well, I want to appreciate you for taking time out of your day to have me on. And thank you for the kind words. If people want to follow me, they can listen to my podcast called The Flex Coach, No Spaces. On all Highly recommend that, by the way. <laughs> thank you. Um, and Instagram is the same, The Flex Coach. And yeah, I mean, that's, that's all I have to plug. Uh, again, I appreciate you um, having me on the podcast. And I can't wait to see how, how this evolves and grows for you. Absolutely. Thank you so much again, Ash, and um, I wish you all the best.